Hi, Project for Awesome. I'm Vanessa Zoltan. And I'm Casper Tech Kyle. And we're the co-hosts of Harry Potter and the Sacred Text. And we're here to offer you some alternative endings to the oft-challenged epilogue of Book 7. So I'm a big fan of romance novels. And romance novels are just the best at epilogues. A quintessential romance novel will end with what they call an HEA, a happily ever after. And then there's an epilogue after that, which is just a snapshot of that happiness. It's a a tableau, a Velasquez portrait (laughs) moment of that (laughs) happiness that gives you a little promise of the future. And we feel as though the epilogue of 19 years later does some of that work in an interesting way, but we think that it could have been done better. And so what we're going to do is give you some examples of the ways in which we think it could have been done better. All right, Vanessa, start us off. What is the first change that you would make to this epilogue? One possibility of an alternate epilogue that I would have loved to have seen would be a wedding sequence (gasps) for Hagrid and Madame Maxime. (laughs) I would love to see this because we would have, like, the centaurs would be there. Spiders would be there. The Weasleys would be there. Grop would be there, right? Like, obviously, Harry would be there. We would get a sense of, like, scale. Like, Harry would be best man, but he would be so much smaller than Hagrid. He'd have to, like, raise so high the ring above his head. Oh, my God. Like, we would have an empty chair with, like, a rose on it for Fred and for Lupin and Tonks. Like, I think it would give us a sense of the scale of the loss, but also the scale of the beauty. And I think that would have been a much better epilogue. Also, we'd get like a beautiful vision of like all of these different magical creatures being together. Maybe there's even a muggle or two present. I don't want to rock the boat too much. The thing that I would love the most is that the minister who we've seen at the wedding of Bill and Fleur and at the funeral of Dumbledore would have one more chance to redeem himself, (laughs) but would obviously get frustrated at all of the like animals making a mess in his sacred space or something. And that would be like the comedic relief within the beauty of the wedding. Can you imagine a unicorn as the ring bearer? Like the rings are on the unicorn horn. (laughs) <laughs> Don't instrumentalize unicorns, Vanessa. They are so much more than ring bearers. I agree, but it's an honor to be a ring bearer. And That's true. Hagrid has legitimate relationships with unicorns. It's not tokenizing. It's using their gift. Oh, my God. Buckbeak would fly them off to their honeymoon. Yes. And their honeymoon would be in, you know, Mallorca. <laughs> totally. Ugh. So anyway, that I think would have been a better epilogue. That is incredible. That visual is a lot more striking than where my mind went, which was really to kind of change the relational structure of the future. I've always been a little hesitant about the way that people pair off and and the kind of the simplicity of that. Because I actually think Hermione is radicalized in her college years. She starts to read a lot of feminist literature and she starts a separatist commune for like non-binary and all women geniuses. Mm -hmm. She's like, I don't have time for this. And if the new is going to be built out of the old, we have to separate from the existing problematic systems. So Hermione actually creates a new school. Oh, my God. I love this. And obviously, it's trans-inclusionary feminism. Absolutely. I mean, like, that goes without saying. Who would be trans-exclusionary? Absolutely no one. Yeah. And at Hogwarts, Neville is in charge, but... 
his passion for plants and like magical plants really takes him down an avenue that means he's not spending a lot of time paying attention to the finances. So the entire administration goes into financial ruin. And Ginny as Minister of Magic is like trying to rescue the institution. But at some point she's just looking at Hermione and then she's looking at Neville and she's like, the choice is clear. And she cuts the funding. So it's now this kind of ruin somewhere in Scotland with all of these like big stories and ghosts who can't get out of the building. Um, (gasps) Yeah. You can pay to go for a weekend. Where do the male identifying students study? Well, that's fascinating because a lot of them get involved with a pro-magic campaign that Dudley Dursley has started after being disowned by his own parents. He's really trying to build this bridge between muggles and wizards. And a lot of the a lot of the young men get very passionate about this. So it's a sort of dead poet society vibe. I haven't quite figured out who Robin Williams' character is kind of embodied by. Dudley. Well, yes, that's true. Yes. He's just inspiring people with like wizard poetry. I, I think it's beautiful. I do too. I have an alternate ending that's also revolving around Neville. Oh. So I think for the tableau, we just want to see some sort of party, right? Like where all these yes. child warriors get to like let their hair down and like have a rave. And so all of like Harry's friends, like everyone who fought in the battle has a rave. Harry and Neville each take ecstasy. They end up making out and they realize their attraction and bisexuality. And they say, not only are we individually the chosen ones, but I choose you. Oh, my God. I love. And so the tableau ends with their making out. Yes. And they're like realizing, oh, my God, it, it's always been us. And then there's like a montage sequence of all the moments, right? Like them making eye contact when Neville was like, I'm not going to let you go in first year. And all of their moments together. And we realized that the two of them were actually meant to be together. I adore this. And so the ending is just the promise of the two of them together. Well, the only detail I would add to this really quite stimulating tableau is that because it's a, a rave, you know, there's a particular song that comes on. And their entire school class knows it's that song. And it's the song when all the guys take off their shirts. And so, like, all of this is happening in a sort of sweaty, shirtless moment. It's hot and heavy. It's super sexy. It's super romantic. It's almost like the Sixth Sense ending where you're like, oh, my God, it makes sense. (gasps) How did I not see it? Everything fits. Everything suddenly fits. (laughs) Wow. Wow. Casper, I actually do have one more, which is like slightly more serious and sad. But the tableau is Fred's memorial service. And like similarly to Hagrid, like it's this beautiful moment of everyone coming together. And this is just a year later or something, right? It's quite recent. Exactly. And in memory of Fred, George releases this trick that Fred had been working on in secret for Weasley's Wizard Wheezes. And George is like, this is going to be a beautiful homage to Fred. And of course, we like need a prank to end this. And so it's a capsule that, you know, it's just a capsule that you open up, but it floods the memorial service. Oh, my God. But then it turns out that the reason that Fred was like, this isn't ready yet, is he eventually wanted it to be filled with like beautiful, like rainbow, magical fish. But it's still piranhas. (laughs) And that's the only thing that comes out. And George is like, shit. (laughs) 
You're telling me it's Macbeth, but the only survivor is like, who would be the only survivor who can talk to fish? It would probably be Neville again. I think everyone gets away, right? Okay. They're like fake piranha. Piranhas. Okay, so it's more about the shock value than the actual being eaten. Exactly. It's a, it's just a trick. But George has a moment of genuine fear where he's like, oh, did I go too far with this joke? I should have checked. <laughs> So that that was the only other one that occurred to me. I love it. You know, we have read all of these seven books and we've always said we're only going to read these seven. This is canon. Is it time for us to actually create the eighth book? <laughs> Which is a combination of all of these events. All of these events work together. None of them contradict each other. Absolutely. I, I'm really thinking there's another podcast spinoff here. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you so much, everyone, for listening to this, for for listening to Harry Potter and the Sacred Text, and most importantly, for the incredible amount of fundraising that happened during this year's Project for Awesome. We're so proud to be part of the Nerdfighteria community and uh, are so grateful to all of you. Thank you. 